You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Welcome back, St. John's and friends, to the Alter Echo Sermon Podcast. This is your sermon for Sunday, January 30th of 2022. My goodness, doesn't January seem like it goes on for a very long time? <laughs> and here we are, approaching the month of February very quickly. So whatever January has held for you, my friends, I pray that the end of this month um, is a nice close to it and opens you up for a new chapter in the month of February. Today we will be gathering around two readings from the book of Luke. If you're following along with uh, Brian McLaren's book, We Make the Road by Walking, that we're using, um, this is for chapter 23, and instead of um, all the readings that he has included for this week, I am including about half of that. <laughs> um, both of our readings that we'll read in worship this week are from the book of Luke, and so I'm going to read them both to you, um, as they're both pretty important for the message that we have this week called Jesus and the Multitudes. So, if you have a Bible with you, I invite you to open it up to Luke chapter 5, verse 17, for our first reading, which begins. One day, while Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Just then, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, the men went up on the roof and let the man down with his bed through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. Can you picture this? When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. But the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, Who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questions, he answered them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, stand up and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your bed and go to your home. Immediately the man stood up before them, took what he had been laying on, and went to his home glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. After this, Jesus went out and got a, saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed Jesus. Then Levi gave a great banquet in, him, in his house for Jesus and there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. 
The Pharisees and the scribes were complaining to the disciples, saying, Why do you eat with and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, here ends the first reading. And if you are reading along, turn a few pages ahead to Luke, still, chapter 18, and we'll begin with verse 15 to resume our reading. People were bringing even infants to Jesus that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered the people not to do this. But Jesus called for them and said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. A certain ruler asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to this man, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I have kept all these since my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, There is still one thing lacking. Sell all that you own and distribute the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come, follow me. When the man heard this, he became sad, for he was very rich. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, Then who can be saved? And Jesus replied, what is impossible for mortals is possible for God. Dear friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, today I'd like to start with asking you a kind of a soul-searching question. Take a minute and think about this. Who would you do anything for? Who in your life would you yes, you, do anything for. I want you to take stock of the people in your life as it is right now for whom there are no limits to the lengths that you would go if they needed you. I'm guessing if we asked our, one another who was included in your list, it would probably be pretty short, the list, that is, for each one of us. If you are a parent, you would probably include your kids at the top of the list. If you are married or have a partner, you would probably put that person at the top of the list too. Um, many people would put their parents on that list or maybe their siblings. Maybe you have, maybe you're lucky enough to have grandchildren already and they of course would be on this list. Or a really close friend Someone that you have known and have mutual care and love with for a long time. But 
My point is, I'm guessing that most of us have hmm, 10 people or fewer, maybe 15 if we're lucky, that we can say truthfully <laughs> that we would do anything for, that there is very little we would hold back if they needed us. Today, we have an interesting look at people who go the extra mile for the people they love in our scripture readings. And first and foremost, I want to draw your attention back to the first reading and the very first story that we heard in it about the man um, who was paralyzed, whose friends were trying to carry him on a bed so that he could come before Jesus and that Jesus might heal him, right? Um, this is a really fascinating look because Jesus, remember, is surrounded by a huge crowd of people. It said people came from all over to see him, from every village in the area. Um, so he was already pretty surrounded. And in most stories like this, it seems like it would be pretty hard to actually get close to Jesus because the crowd is so huge and massive. And again, if the this one group of people, this paralyzed man and his friends, we're trying to press in and get to Jesus, I bet most of the other people in the crowd were doing the same thing. All of them were fighting for just a morsel of Jesus and his love and his healing that they were trying to get to him. So of course, the paralyzed man and his friends run into an obstacle. The crowd is too great. We cannot get as close as we need to get in order to procure the kind of healing for our friend that we know Jesus can give him. So what did they do? Did you hear it in the reading? They literally went the extra mile. Um, they decided to carry him up on the roof and to take the tiles off the roof so that they could lower their friend down through the ceiling <laughs> to get to Jesus. I mean, talk about a creative response to a problem here. Uh, there's too many people around Jesus coming from this way or that way, the left or the right, the front or the back is not going to work. What other direction do we have that we can get to Jesus? How about we lower him down to Jesus? And really, is there ever been an entrance so profound and shocking and, and attention getting as this one? They lowered their paralyzed friend through the roof to get to Jesus. These friends were committed. They did not give up when they ran into this roadblock. They removed the roof on a house to accomplish their goal. Not even physical barriers could stop them from doing what they set out to do to care for their friend, as no one else could but Jesus. So I chuckle a little bit at the end of this reading in verse 26, where it says all the people after Jesus had healed the man and had the whole forgiveness of sins, stand up and walk situation. The people end by saying, we have seen strange things today. And they did, certainly. But I wonder if it's maybe both the strange thing we heard and the strange thing that we didn't expect. It was a strange thing to see people tear down a roof to get someone to Jesus. It was a strange thing to see a paralyzed person up and walking. It was a strange thing to see someone forgive sins here on earth as it is in heaven. But maybe, people of God, 
Was it equally strange to see his friends act with this kind of determination, this extent of compassion and resolve on his behalf? They would do anything for their friend. What if we viewed more people that way? Not just our own little small circle of immediate family and maybe a couple of friends that we would do anything for and really truly do anything for. What if we expanded that circle a little bit or a lot? What if we took the kind of dedication, compassion, resolve that we show to our inner circle and began treating our neighbors more and more of that way? What if we treated all of our neighbors that way? Especially the people whom the Bible calls the multitudes, meaning the most excluded, the disenfranchised, the social outcasts and outsiders, the marginalized, the put down. You might say (laughs) it's impossible to treat all those people that way. It's impossible to love so many people with this kind of limitless love. Well, my friends, good news. (laughs) Our gospel reading ended today with the phrase, what is impossible for mortals is possible for God. So if you think about that and say, it's just impossible to love that many people that much. It is impossible to love that big. That is an impossibility (laughs) that Jesus has power to make possible. There are all these stories in scripture, both Old Testament and New, about these people that the Bible calls the multitudes, people who are marginalized, people who are often made the scapegoat, people who are shunned, people who are ignored, people who are forgotten by the elites, the wealthy, the rich, the billionaires, but also people who are forgotten and ignored by the comfortable, by those of us who don't consider ourselves to be rich by any sense of the word. But if we're being honest, we have our needs met each and every day. We're not hungry. We don't worry about where our next meal is coming from. We have cash flow and some to spare, and we can do something about the suffering of our neighbor. In the Bible, the multitudes are often people like little children. Let the little children come to me, Jesus says, for it is to such as these that the kingdom belongs. The multitudes are also sometimes people like the Samaritans in the Bible, or we might say people from other cultures or ethnic backgrounds who we don't always easy relate to. The multitudes in the Bible are also people who are considered disabled or unemployed or underemployed, people who are frightened because they've been taught that life doesn't work well for them, people in the Bible who are called unclean. These people, the multitudes, they matter to Jesus. And also people who are considered sinful or notorious, 
Like when Jesus sat down to eat with sinners and tax collectors and the Pharisees and the scribes sort of grumbled, like side-eye grumbled to the disciples, why do you guys eat and drink with sinners and tax collectors? And Jesus, being infinitely perceptuous, hears this and says, I came for sinners and tax collectors. I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the ones in need. Jesus not only associated with all of these people, but Jesus seemed to enjoy their company, their company, <laughs> genuinely. Jesus made time for them. Jesus went out of his way to seek them out, to listen, to care, to show them the basic human kindness and compassion that they are completely not used to, that is a foreign concept to them because their day-to-day -day life revolves around being made to feel small and ignored and to feel as though they are not even worthy to ask for help. And so when Jesus has this conversation with the rich man at the end of our gospel reading, who asks a really important and insightful question. He asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? His question reminds me how hard it is for us to love in an expansive way like Jesus. Because his question is our question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? But if we're being honest, this question is inherently self-interested. The question he asks is not, what must we do to inherit eternal life, Jesus? His question is, what must I do? Me, myself, and I to enter in eternal life, to inherit the kingdom, to get to be part of what God is doing in the world and beyond. And of course, we enter into this dialogue about the commandments and the rich man insists that he's kept them all since his youth. Okay, rich man, I believe you. Or rather, okay, any person, I believe you that you have kept all the commandments consistently for your whole life. None of us. Okay. But what if, but in Jesus' response, when Jesus tells him that that is not all there is, is following the commandments. What if we started viewing the commandments not as about restricting our personal freedoms, but, well, let me say that again. What if the commandments were not viewed as restrictions on our personal freedoms or actions or choices in order, here we go, to avoid, to avoid bad things in order to get into heaven, but what if we shifted our viewpoint here and expanded it a little bit to start seeing the commandments as ways to relate with God and our neighbors with honor and respect and dignity, not ways to avoid being a bad person, but instead ideals to aspire to in generosity and compassion. Because when Jesus says, 
that what is impossible for mortals is possible for God. Maybe the impossible thing here is God breaking open the rich and the comfortable, breaking us open to the humanity of the multitudes. So people of God, this is a hard thing. I won't pretend that it's easy to love this big and this much and for this many. But, but, what if we follow Jesus in the way we regard the multitudes? What if in this conversation with the rich man asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What if Jesus is really telling us that it's not just about you? or me, that it's about us, all of us together. Those of us who listen to this podcast or worship the God of our ancestors, those of us who keep a regular job and have a sustainable income, and those of us who don't. What if we followed Jesus in the way we regard the multitudes? What if we, if we more consistently regarded the multitudes with basic human kindness and compassion, like Jesus. That would be a start. But what if we started to go the extra mile for the multitudes to take the roof off when the roof was in the way of getting to Jesus? What if we were not stopped or limited by the possibilities of our compassion when Things become inconvenient or complicated. That's a bit more like Jesus. But what if we could take it further still? What if, child of God, you and I reached deep within ourselves for a depth of compassion that is actually more than willing to make personal sacrifices for the sake of real people who are among the multitudes. That's the Jesus way. To be willing to not only show basic human kindness and compassion, to not only go the extra mile and move beyond obstacles or roadblocks or limits, but to unleash our compassion with the multitudes so that they know that they have an advocate and an ally and someone to stand with them who has their back no matter what and who will show up for them, not only in abstract ways of thoughts and prayers, but in real, concrete, tangible ways. Ways that fight for the one we love as though our life depends on it. Perhaps, people of God, that, <laughs> which is impossible for mortals, Perhaps it might be, let me say that again, perhaps it might be possible for God in us, through us, with us, for the sake of the multitudes whom Jesus loves and whom we, I believe, have the capacity to love like Jesus. So, as you go on your way, lest that seem so big that it is not feasible and impractical, Keep your eyes open for one who might fit in the multitudes, for one who is marginalized, 
or made the scapegoat, or shunned, or ignored, or forgotten, or overlooked? How can you love them, that real person, more in your real life and in their real life? What can you do to show them, not Jesus, <laughs> but to show them the kind of love that Jesus shows to the multitudes in the Bible? As followers of Jesus, we are called to the multitudes to stand with them, to make ourselves uncomfortable through personal sacrifice for them, and perhaps to be transformed by the gift of loving them. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.